You're listening to episode number 234 of the Made for Living Well podcast. Today, we're talking about the secret to self-discipline, how to get yourself to do the things you know you should. So stay tuned. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the show. My name's Alexa. I'm so glad to be back. I took a little hiatus this summer, but truly it was only to develop the message that I believe to be true in the health space. One that we haven't been hearing, but one that I wanna bring you. The idea is you were made for health. You were made for living well. That is what I absolutely believe. And I want to teach you how to live that out. I get so many messages asking me, how do I do the things I know I should? How do I eat healthy? How do I move my body? How do I lose the weight? How do I sleep better? All of these things that we want to do that we've quantified down into a series of things that we must do in order to achieve the outcome. Health has always been about the outcome, but I'm here to challenge that theology and bring something new to the table. The idea that you're not a body to be fixed, but a body yearning to be filled. And I want to show you how to do that. Now, today I'm going to bring a topic that I've been asked over and over, and that's the secret to self-discipline. It's a topic that was voted as one of the top topics you'd like to hear. And so I want to bring it because, again, I think the idea of self-discipline has been warped, has been twisted into the idea that you have to kind of hate yourself healthy. And I am not a fan of that equation. I've lived that life where you've tried to hate yourself into a place that you believe will bring you happiness. You kind of push your body and fail to see your body as something good, as something working for you. And you go above and beyond it to try and change it and transform it to a place that you believe will bring you everything you've been longing for, all of the feelings you desire that you've been associating with health. And don't get me wrong. I think health that we should all desire and live for and live with, but it's definitely not something that we should give up our whole lives in search of when it's right there inside for you to achieve. So today we're going to talk about self-discipline and I'm going to bring a different spin to the table, a spin that I needed in my own life so that I could do the things that I knew I should be doing, right? Like I'm the nutritionist. I know what's right, yet I still had a desire to do all of the things that I knew were against a healthy life. Yes, those desires are strong, but they don't have to be. And it takes taking the idea of what we know about self-discipline and twisting it into the truth and twisting it to what the research even shows us as true. But it all stems from looking at health in a different way, at looking at your body in a new perspective, as seeing it as good and for you. And I really believe that's a foundational belief that we all have to come to and stand on in order to create the change that we've been looking for. Because if we constantly believe our body is against us, it's always the villain, meaning that it can't then be the hero of the story. So we have to get to the place where we see our body as good, where we see our body as for us. And I really think that comes from understanding the body as one whole unit. Now, we'd love to separate the body from the mind and, of course, from the soul. Like a lot of us would believe, yes, we have a soul, we have our mind, and we have our body. 
three very segmented approaches to living well. The reality is, is they're not just separate systems. They're all working cohesively together every single second of every single day. And what influences one is influencing all three. They're not separate systems, but they're all working together. Of course, I understand why we did this, right? In some ways, it seems that breaking them apart would allow us to understand them and create simplicity within them. But I think that separating them actually created more complexity because it makes us or it forces us to look at one system rather than seeing the whole of how they all work together. And how they all work together actually creates the outcome that you achieve. It's, it's who you are your mind, body, and soul working cohesively together, no matter how much you try to separate them, they're always and only working with one another. So we gotta see the body as one whole unit, mind, body, and soul. And that's going to be really important in the topic of self-discipline because generally speaking, with self-discipline, we like to believe that self-discipline is just an act of doing something to change something within us. Like, if I could just make my bed, then I'll be more productive. If I just eat healthier, then I'll achieve that number on the scale. Then I'll achieve my goal weight. We attach an external action with an outcome. And while there's nothing wrong with those things, those things in themselves are good, what we know is they are not the act of creating discipline. Doing those things does not mean you're naturally going to become more disciplined. Why? Is because we fail to see how we feel about those things that we do. We fail to recognize what we believe about those things. And if we don't believe those things are beneficial, if we don't like those things, we know based on research that we won't do them, at least not long-term. People do not do things that they hate long-term. And it all boils down to a survival response. It boils down to this body war that we've created or this war between our mind and our body and our soul and our body that rages on, that makes us try to create endless behavior modification without ever digging in to understand, but do I even like this? Like, do I enjoy this? Do I want this? And what is the reasoning behind that? We just push and push and push and push and try all of these external solutions to an internal problem, and we fail to recognize that maybe it's not you that's the problem, it's the belief behind what you're doing that is the actual problem. So let me just break this down a little bit more simply, right? We have to see our body as one whole unit as your psychology influencing your physiology and your physiology influencing your psychology, it's all working together. And when we can start to see it all work together, we can start to pay attention to not just the action in itself or what we're doing, but how that's making us feel. Because at the end of the day, we're all longing to feel a certain way. And it's the feelings that we're chasing more than the destination. And if we can start to grasp what it is that we want to feel and understand, is the things that I'm doing helping me to feel that way? If those things don't align, like we're always going to be at odds with ourselves and more than likely, we'll never stick to those things that we're doing long-term, even if they've been proven beneficial. So let me just give you an example of this, right? Like if you're working out to change your body, to get stronger, to do all those things, you're hitting the gym, you're putting your shoes on, you're going out for a run. Those are hard things. Those are things that 
really do induce some level of pain. And so what happens is, is you try to will yourself into them. And you probably do a pretty good job of this, at least in the short term, because we have the energy to sustain that. But what happens over the long haul is that eventually the pain that you live in doing the thing that you think you should do overrides the outcome, meaning the stress of what you're doing overrides the benefit on the other side. Like if you hate it, naturally speaking, that's a level of pain inside the body. And the body's number one job is survival. It's to prevent pain. And so if you're doing something that you hate and it's producing pain, your body is going to start to resist that because your body resists pain, meaning it's going to start to self-protect. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change your beliefs around what it is that you're doing and effort to force it out of your life right? Your body's job is to avoid pain. Not saying that's always beneficial, but it is to avoid pain. And so what happens is no matter how much you want that thing, if it's producing pain and you can't see any good on the other side of it, you're just hating the process of it. Your body will naturally resist that and start to change your cravings, start to change your outlook, start to change your beliefs so that you naturally pull away from doing those things. And more than likely you go back into your safety mechanisms. You go back into the place that you felt like you were stuck and you go there even if it's a place you hate because it's been proven safe. Basically, if you dread it, you won't do it. So the secret to self-discipline is not in doing the things you hate. In fact, we have to get rid of this old equation that self-discipline creates willpower, which creates self-denial, which makes you a good person. Because really what that's doing inside of our mind or how our mind is twisting that is into the equation of self-denial equals emotional dysfunction equals self-destruction, which equates to the opposite of self-discipline, which is self-indulgence. That is not what we're looking for. And that's what happens so often when we jump on this bandwagon of, I'm just going to be more disciplined. I'm just going to do it. Like I'm going to force myself to do it this time. And I get it. I get it so much. I want to eat healthy. I want to exercise more. I want to be more productive. I want to be happier and healthier and all of those things. But the answer is not hating yourself there. In fact, research shows this. Like the secret to self-discipline is actually in happiness. The answer to productivity is happiness. The answer to success is happiness. And I get it. Like, you don't like where you are, but we have to recognize that just because we don't like it or just because we want to change doesn't mean we can't find happiness in the midst of that. We have to start creating joy where we are rather than believing it's going to come from the outcome. Because that belief that chasing a destination will automatically produce all the feelings you want to feel is actually a lie. In fact, there's some interesting research out there that shows that if we're chasing down a success, if we're chasing down a place or an outcome, when we arrive at there, if we haven't already experienced happiness or fulfillment or the things that we're looking for that destination to bring, our brain will actually modify that success and make it something different, leading us back on a chase. So like, let's take a goal weight, for instance, and I've seen this so many times in my own practice. 
is that someone will come in and they'll say, I want to hit this weight. Okay, let's do it. And they'll get all self-discipline, right? They'll be very, very disciplined in the midst of that. And, and they'll do the thing. Like they'll achieve their success, their goal. But what happens when they arrive at that goal is that actually very few people are happy or satisfied. And they start to shift that and say, actually, I want it to be this. You know, I, I actually want it to be this goal weight. Or like if someone trains for a race and they're like, okay, my goal is to run a 5K. They achieve that 5K, but instead of celebrating that, they often are like, okay, but I, but I could do this. Like I could do the 10K or I could do the sprint triathlon. We actually modify our definitions of success once one level of success is achieved. I don't know if you've ever seen the quote that says like, stop and take a look around because you're probably living in the place you once prayed to be. And I think that's a a lot like this mindset or what happens inside of our mind is that when we achieve another level, when we reach a destination, we don't necessarily accept that or even become aware of that because our minds is constantly modifying the definition of success, especially when we're living in this scarcity, kind of hate yourself healthy mentality. So we have to be really careful about this because it's so slippery. It's like, it's what we've been trained to believe, but just because we believed it doesn't mean it's true. And so we have to dig back into the research and Honestly, what I believe is the intended design is like we are people who were put here to enjoy earth, like to enjoy the goodness of creation, to enjoy the goodness of God, of course, all for him and because of him. But if we fail to see that, if we fail to see the goodness that's here on earth, we'll always be chasing a better life that really doesn't exist. So we have to start shifting this definition of self-discipline and creating self-denial. And we have to start to see that self-discipline is the exact opposite of hating yourself healthy. In fact, research proves that self-discipline is only created through enjoyment and happiness and desire. Meaning self-discipline comes with a level of desire and wanting it. Self-discipline is not self-denial and pain, but it's self-knowledge and enjoyment. The secret to self-discipline is truly knowing yourself. Like zero things in life are sustainable if you do not enjoy them. So we have to know ourselves and know how do we enjoy it, which really makes this whole conversation of self-discipline about what is it that you enjoy doing? It's like, what do you actually like? What brings you happiness? What brings you desire? What brings you joy? That is going to spur you on to continue forward. Now you might be thinking, okay, I get it. I see that. But how do you actually enjoy the process of eating well? How do you enjoy the process of living a healthy life? And I think this is really the big question that we have to ask ourselves. And we have to dig into and answer because we've been led to believe that hating yourself healthy will automatically produce the feelings that you want to feel. But the opposite is true based on research and the intended design. We have to respect our bodies. We have to love our bodies. We have to learn to enjoy the process right where we are or we'll never achieve the outcome and keep it. So the big question is, what is it that you want to achieve? And what could you do that you enjoy doing that will help you get there? 
So if we just take this back to the health space, a lot of us probably would say like, oh, I would love to lose a few extra pounds or I would love to be fit and strong, but I hate the process of working out, but I hate the process of eating healthy, but I hate the diet that I'm on. If you hate it, let's just put it to rest because you won't do it. So if you're not liking it, stop doing it. That's the number one thing in self-discipline. If you hate it, stop doing it because that's only creating that stress response, leading your body to survival, creating the opposite outcome than you're looking to achieve, leading to the question, why do I do everything right and nothing works? It's probably because you hate the process of it. So we have to go back and start to learn how to love ourselves well, how to create desire in the midst of it. So I want you to think about that for yourself, but I also want you to know that there's a million ways to get healthy. In fact, health is already inside of you. There's a million ways to live that out. There's not one right or wrong way. There's not one perfect diet. I mean, truly, if there was, we wouldn't be having these conversations, right? We would be a thin, healthy, happy world that didn't have health problems, but we're not because there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's looking at yourself and seeing yourself for what it is that you enjoy, what you bring to the table, what you desire, and using those things to propel you forward to create the outcome that it is you're looking for. Just to give you some research into this, there's some pretty fascinating research that starts to see how your brain works based on what it is that you do or patterns of of what we do naturally over time. And what they found is, is that for every decision we make, only about 25% of it comes from our IQ, meaning only about 25% of it comes from our logic-based approach to life saying like, I know I should be doing these things because these things are healthy and these things are going to produce the outcome that I'm looking for. So we're only really working 25% of our mind in that space, meaning only 25% of our self-discipline can really be a means of pushing through places that we hate because we believe on the other side that we can achieve an outcome. The other 75% is actually based on your perceptions or your beliefs, which this is true for all of life. And I think if we start to really pay attention to this and recognize that we're acting out of our beliefs 75% of the time and only logic or um, outside information 25% of the time, then we can start to get a better picture and understanding that no matter how many health things that you've read or looked at or tried, maybe they haven't worked not because the system hasn't worked, but because you haven't believed that you are capable of getting healthy or of living well. We truly have to go back to our beliefs because as this research shows, 75% of your brain or of your outcome of your behavior is based in the beliefs that your behavior somehow matters, that it connects to other people, and that it will help you manage stress. Basically, it's a survival response that makes you un- like makes you connect. How is this thing that I'm doing going to matter in my life? How is it going to help me connect to other people? And how will it help me manage stress? That is truly the filter in which your mind works based off of its number one job, which is survival. Now, its job is survival, but the intended design is to thrive. 
So if we really want to get ourselves into that place of thriving, we have to stop threatening our body with places that we hate and doing things that we hate. We have to stop the belief that we're never going to arrive, that we're never capable of getting healthy, that we're never able to lose this fat, that this is just a part of us, that this is my story. We have to also start to write a new story around what it is that we believe in order to be disciplined. Because our discipline or our action, whatever it is that we do, our our discipline or lack of discipline is going to be greatly influenced by what we believe. In fact, 75% of it is based in beliefs. So perhaps if you're not self-disciplined, it's not because it's not possible. Self-discipline is possible in 100% of us, right? Like it's always there. It's how we act that out. So perhaps we're not acting that out, not because we don't have the ability to, but because we don't have the belief that spurs us on, that we don't have the belief that creates the desire to continue moving forward. So our beliefs really, really, really do matter, which most of our beliefs are housed in our soul or our heart, um, and they influence what it is that we think. So we truly have to go back to our beliefs, and we have to start to understand those or challenge those. Now, of course, that's not really what we're talking about in this topic. However, I think every topic that we should talk about in health really has to start with what it is that we believe because our beliefs are the overarching, like the powerhouse that's going to change what it is that we think, producing the outcome that we achieve. Our body is simply a mechanism of what it is that we believe. So if you don't believe it's gonna work, it won't work because you've already made up your mind, which is going to change your thought process to go back to patterns of old stuck ways, creating action that follows suit. We can't just hack in behavior modification if it's not something that we believe. It will not work long-term. And that's why so many people struggle with self-discipline. So really, one of the big keys with self-discipline, and I think getting healthy, is ending the belief that success is the source of happiness and start thinking of happiness as the source of success. Like basically saying, you have to enjoy the process of getting healthy or you'll never get healthy. At least it won't stick. You'll always fall back into old patterns. So I think the big question is, why don't you enjoy it? Like what things are you doing that you hate And what could you do to change that that would actually become something you enjoy? Remember, there's a million ways to live out of a healthy life, and more than likely, those things are going to change over the course of your life. In fact, they should. We have seasonal changes and different lifestyle patterns that truly change how we act out of health. And so it's not like, okay, once you get into this rhythm, it has to stay here I think one of the most freeing things is just to be able to look at yourself in any given day and recognize what can I do today to help me feel the way that it is I wanna feel. And I think asking that question every day really does create self-discipline within you because it makes you desire those feelings. And when you desire those feelings, you act out of them. Meaning self-discipline is not what we think of it as like what happened when we got disciplined as a child, right? Where, where a wrong was made right by inducing an act of pain. I mean, we all probably have some mixed up views of self-discipline just based on discipline in general from other people like growing up in childhood. You know, we are all disciplined in different ways and right or wrong, good or bad, healthy or not. 
I think we have to create this new view of self-discipline, not as our old view of discipline. It's not a pain-only kind of way. It's like no pain, no gain. That's not necessarily the case. It has to stem from happiness and joy and desire And I think when we get there, we can truly stop forcing ourselves or stop beating ourselves into submission, and we can start to understand real health. We can start to understand our body and recognize health inside of us and choose to make steps to live that out. So a few big points that I want to make when it comes to self-discipline. One, we have to stop forcing ourselves to do things that we hate. Like We have to stop pushing through things that we genuinely don't like because we believe it's going to help us arrive. It's going to do the opposite 100% of the time over the long haul. We never stick with things that we do not enjoy. Now, there's a flip side to that because just because we don't enjoy it doesn't mean it's not good for us, which means we can change our perspective of it, right? Like just because you went through a period of hating running doesn't mean you always have to hate running. You just have to create a new relationship with it. You have to create a new perspective of it. And if we can start to do those things with healthy practices, we can start to create some desire and and success on the other side of that. Like we can actually see ourselves doing it regardless of the pain that we live in. So maybe I should back up because I think this gets a little bit confusing and I want to make this very clear. Happiness is the equation for self-discipline, right? We have to be happy or we have to desire or at least enjoy the things that we do in order to be disciplined. However, there are a lot of things that we're going, going to go through that produce a sense of pain. And what I told you earlier is that our body prevents pain, meaning it runs away from it more times than not. But the power of enjoying or happiness or creating happiness before success is that when you're truly living in that philosophy or in that mindset space and those belief systems, what happens is, is that you see it regardless of whether the pain is there or not. Meaning happiness is not the absence of pain. It's understanding that pain is part of the process and that you can see yourself through it. I think if we look at the traditional definition of self-discipline, which comes with self-denial, which comes with self-destruction, that always is pain. Like that's pain 100% of the time. And you fear that your life is always going to be a series of painful events. Like basically that sums up your life as pain 100% of the time. The opposite where we start to feel happiness and joy and desire in the midst of the pain is not about pain being there 100% of the time, but pain is part of the process of creating the outcome that's going to produce pleasure. Like pain starts to become pleasurable. I don't know if that's making sense, but we see this a lot in history. In fact, there's a lot of really good books. There's one um, called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Franklin, and he uh, lived in a concentration camp, and he suffered unimaginable things. And you think, in that state of life, like, how does he have the discipline to even get himself out of bed in the morning? How does he have the discipline to even go do the awful jobs that they had to do? How does he have the discipline to continue to live his life? And his big overarching message inside of the book is not about avoiding suffering. It's about suffering well. And what I really think about that is, is it's not this idea that life is an endless scope of suffering that we'll never get ourselves out of. 
But in suffering well, I think we see that suffering is just part of the process of coming out the other side. And if we can see happiness and desire in the midst of the pain of progress, we really can get ourselves to push through crazy things that we never imagined ourselves doing. Like I think about ultra marathoners and I think, holy cow, like the things that our bodies are truly capable of, but that can only come from the mindset space that recognizes that pain is not the end of me. It's the process of becoming me. And I think that's so powerful because most of the things that we really desire in life are going to come with an aspect of pain. Getting stronger is going to come with the pain of working out and the pain of your muscles being in sore and the pain of setting your alarm and getting up earlier. And the pain of eating healthy comes with the, the fact that sometimes you have to say no to desirable foods, right? Like all good things come with a process of pain, but we have to stop giving pain all of our attention. We have to stop allowing pain to be this driving force in our life. And we recognize that, yes, there's going to be pain, but my perspective is not going to be on the pain, which only allows it to grow and get bigger, but on the feeling that I can experience today, like on what it is that that's going to produce in me right now. And I think that switch, that shift, um, is going to create that self-discipline that produces the energy that you have to reach the outcome, that energy that you have That's going to fill your tank and actually make you feel all the things you thought the destination would bring you, right? Like it's going to help you live here in the moment and feel well doing it in the process of that. So here's what we have to know is that if you want to have self-discipline, you have to find happiness in the midst of that. Like you have to enjoy the process of the things that you do, even if it brings with it some pain overarching, your perspective is of joy, of happiness, more than it is of the pain. So you stop fixating on the pain of it and you start fixating on the the good things in that. And the more we shift our focus to the good things, the more those will grow and create this desire to continue. Because what we know is success breeds success. So the more successes that you can achieve, the more you'll reach for them. Because again, you're focusing more on the positive than you are on the negative. So if you want to be more self-disciplined, you have to know yourself. You have to stop doing things that other people told you to do that you thought was going to help you achieve them if you absolutely hate doing them. Like if you hate it, you'll never stick to it. It will never produce the outcome that you want it to. And so you might as well stop or at least shift your view of that to something positive. Like stop wasting all of your energy doing things that you hate, which only push you into survival response, protecting your energy even more. We have to start understanding what it is that we desire. What do you want? And what are some things that you could do? What outcome would not only help you to achieve that outcome, but you enjoy doing in the process of that? And really, it's always about choosing enjoyment over waiting. Like we have to stop thinking that success is the source of our happiness and remind ourselves that happiness is actually the source of our success. So if you want to eat healthier, but you hate your meal plan or you hate the foods that you're eating, go back to the table and look at health in a new way and say like, I want to eat well. What are some foods that I actively enjoy that are also good for me? 
Start to rely more on those things. Enjoy those things and enjoy the process of coming up with new recipes that you do like. Like stop eating a diet that you hate because it won't work. It's always and only about balance. And we have to continuously remind ourselves of like when we start to hate it, we're probably just getting ourselves out of balance and out of balance life will always be against you. Like you're always going to be fighting that body war. So bring yourself back into balance And we have to stop classifying health and putting all of the things that you hate about health into the same category and just justifying that as, well, I just hate the process of getting healthy. Because like I said, there's a million ways to get healthy and I guarantee you can find ways that you enjoy that are gonna light you up and create the desire to achieve that outcome but without the pain of just hating it all the time, right? Like there's always ways to enjoy the process, but you have to know yourself. You have to pay attention to yourself. You have to be aware of when you're pushing your body outside of places that it likes and how to recenter yourself and regain that balance. You have to understand your values so you know what it is that you desire. Going back to those beliefs. And truly, I think that we have to start changing our view of success dropping some of those expectations and realizing that most likely what you want from that outcome is actually a feeling that you can achieve today. And if you can start to see what it is that you wanna feel when you achieve that outcome and start to ask yourself, what can I do today that's going to help me feel that way? And you start to do that, that's gonna give you energy. That's gonna breed success. That's gonna give you desire to continue this process and keep moving forward. So just start doing it. Like start asking yourself those questions. What things do you hate? And what things do you enjoy that are actually going to help you feel the way that it is you wanna feel? If you wanna feel strong and confident, maybe it is like, okay, I'm gonna pick up a Peloton app and I'm gonna try that, or I'm gonna go to a kickboxing class at my local gym. Like I'm gonna get up and just walk in the morning because I truly love walking. Like. Do the things that you actually enjoy and forget all of these ideas that health is done in a certain way or that life has to be completed in uh, a specific fashion in order to achieve success. Because truly, the only way to achieve success is if you work with the whole of who you are and you own that. And when you can start to own that, you can realize that while you're going to fail, the failure isn't bad. It's not stopping you. It's only allowing you to grow and become better at the things that you desire. Maybe all of this to say is that self-discipline is truly adopting a new identity to life, realizing that life is not a metric of the things that you do to achieve success, but it's how you live in the process. It's what you're doing in the everyday moments that are truly going to help you to become successful. So let's start shifting our view of self-discipline to things that we enjoy. If you're not a morning person, don't try to be. Like, don't try to force yourself into that. You might develop into that over time, but don't force yourself into waking up earlier when you're not a morning person. Maybe instead of trying to fit in your morning exercise routine, you realize you're not a morning person and you do much better in the evening. Do you. Understand how you work and do more of what fills you up. We're all different. There is no right or wrong. There is no moral code to this. It truly is about understanding yourself and doing more things that can fill you up. Living in tune to your body and providing for it what it needs. That truly is the equation to success and enjoying the process of that. 
So I guess I just leave you with this big overarching thought of what things in life do you truly want? What are you doing right now that you hate, that you've believed will help you achieve that? And start to shift that perspective, start to shift that action into other things that you actively enjoy. Like for me, I used to force my body into working out really hard because I believed that it was gonna create the change that I needed to see in order to be successful. And instead of beating my body into submission like I used to do, instead of running 10 miles at a time or even five miles at a time, like I, I truly developed a hate for running. And so now in the process of trying to get back into the speed of running, what I've realized is I really just love run walking. Like I love the aspect of running, but what I more than love more than the aspect of running is just being outside in fresh air, of being with someone else and enjoying good conversation, of getting some morning sunlight. I love the feeling it brings. Is there pain involved in the process of that? Sure. Like I don't always want to get get up in the morning. I don't always want to go out and exert my body but I realized there's pleasure is greater than the pain. That what I, uh, what my outcome is, what my desire is, what it brings me is so much greater than the pain of that. And I've realized I don't have to run consistently for five miles in order for that to be counted as a su- success. Like my run walking, I feel like right now is doing so much more for me than straight running is. Because when I was straight running, I was hating it. Like I was really exhausted. I was pushing my body. I didn't always feel well. I would come home and crave a lot of things or be tired. But now I feel truly refreshed. I feel like not just in my body, but my mind. Like there's so much therapy to that for me. And so I find ways to enjoy the things that I know make me feel good and paying attention to that. Will it change? Will I run five miles again someday? Potentially. I mean, sometimes I think, wow, I would really love to do that again, but how can I do it in a way that I enjoy instead of doing it in a way that I end up hating it for the rest of my life? So it's always kind of weighing the balance, but truly it starts with knowing yourself, changing your perspective of the things that you do, and realizing that happiness does not come from success, but happiness breeds success. So I hope that's enlightening. I really, more than anything at The Living Well, want you to stop living for health and start using health to get out and live. I believe we were purposed here on this earth to enjoy life, to make disciples, to go out and do the things that we were called to and to do it to the glory of God, which means enjoying the process of all of that. So I hope this gives you a little bit of encouragement today that you can enjoy the process of getting healthy and self-discipline does not mean self-hate and self-denial. That only leads to self-indulgence. So if you feel like you're kind of teetering on the edge of my cravings are out of control, I feel like nothing in my life is going well, I'm hating the process, that's just a good sign you're out of balance and give yourself a good heart check and recognize What are the things that I'm doing in my life? What things are stealing all of my energy that I don't even enjoy doing? And how can I transform those or change those into things that I actually do enjoy doing? So that's your challenge. That's your peace of mind. That's your freedom for today to realize you were made to do it living well. Health is inside of you. It's not a chase, but it's a choice. So I hope that you can start to choose that today and choose to make it something that you actually desire doing. 
Now, I've written a little bit more. I've given you some more specific steps about creating more self-discipline over at The Living Well. So make sure you head over to thelivingwell.com backslash 233, which is the episode number from today's show, and learn more about those steps that you can take to create self-discipline and do it in a way that you actually desire. You're gonna wanna check out those steps. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and sign up for my email list, It's called The Weekly Fill, where I give you a new meal plan, some tips and tricks, a few favorite things that will truly help you transform your life. And also, you'll be signed up for Monday Motivation, where I send you a Monday email that is an encouragement, a challenge to get out there and live your best life. You are not made to chase health. Health is inside of you, and I hope that you believe that today. So head over to The Living Well to get more information and sign up for that email list. Okay, that's it for today. In the next episode, we're talking all about anxiety, so you're not gonna wanna miss that. Thank you for listening. Make sure you share this with your friends and family, and most importantly, take action. That's truly where the rubber meets the road and how things are going to change for you. I'm here for you, I love you, I'm supporting you, and I hope you stick around for some more great episodes coming your way really soon. I'll see you again next week.